the Koigig pod has made a new signing. Your goalkeeping coach is your god. Emma Byrne is joining Kathleen and Karen this season. Keep up to date with all the WSL action every Tuesday and subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. You ain't shit! I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. My fans can be the harshest critics, you know. They often are. A wife is often the harshest critic of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof with the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochard has never spoken to Jim McGinnis in his life. This is Off the Ball Saturday News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five. You can text us five three one zero six or streaming the conversation as well. So listen on News Talk. Watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTV Sports app. This is the Saturday panel in any sport in life. It's always special when you put on that jersey for the first time with your team. It's something you never forget, whatever your level. And this week we're chatting to three former Irish internationals, Mike McCarthy, Fiona Hayes, and Gavin Duffy, about their debuts for province and country, that special day when they don the green jersey or a club jersey for the first time. And with Leinster in action right now in the URC, at the moment they're 21-5 ahead at Munster up at 3.05 in the meeting of Ulster and Connacht tonight. Plenty to go through as well as the return of the United Rugby Championship happens this weekend. So Fiona, Gavin and Mike, how's the forum folks today? Great stuff. Rocking it here. Good to see you. You're all good cracking oh. So uh, I'm looking forward to this hour. And Gavin... We've been been in the waiting room for a little while so we've been catching up. So... um, I reminded Gav Duffy, we used to call him Dexter, you know, off off Netflix. Was he a a serial killer or something? Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, he is a serial killer, but they look quite similar. So, um, all right, yeah. okay, okay. Well, obviously, Gavin, you're not a serial killer. Um, so, <laughs> just to clarify that, just to clarify that, he's, he's actually a really nice guy once you get to know him. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> to me, yeah. Uh, Dexter, brilliant stuff, Gavin. Um, let's bring it back to you, Gavin, then first. So, it was what the Celtic League with Connacht when you put on that green chair for the first time. I, I, to be honest, I was trying to think back to it today, and I think. The first time I actually put on a senior jersey was uh, the summer of 2001. Um, I had played a, a full year of AIL with Galwegians and we had a pretty successful year in terms of reaching the semi-final of the AIL that year. Um, and that summer then, we there was, there was no such thing really as provincial academies. There was an Irish academy and we used to go to Clongos, uh, I think, in, in Kildare for three or four week camp and all the kind of the... 18, 19, 20 year olds that were involved in the various provinces would come together and we trained together for the three or four weeks. But within that then, um, the senior squad were, were kind of preparing and getting ready for the start of the new season. And uh, there was a couple of pre-season friendlies. And I think at that time of the year, then there's always a few injuries and, and they're always looking to maybe uh, have a look at some of the younger guys. And uh, I got a kind of a late call then up to, to Connacht. And uh, I think we played against Leinster in Athlone, in Buccaneers. And... Um, yeah, that's kind of the first taste of it. And, and from there, then I kind of got involved with Connacht uh, for the rest of the season. But it was um, it was kind of unexpected. And yes, uh, really, really enjoyed it and loved it. Uh, the minute you get your, your first cap was something special. But it was a pre-season friendly, I suppose. It was very, very, very low key. Uh, I think there was a lot of change on both sides. So it didn't really feel like the, the real thing. Um, but it was a good taste all the same. Your Ireland debut, though, was a bit more of the real thing. Yeah, it was. It was, um, and it was kind of in, again a late call up uh, in, in regards that I'd been on tour with Ireland 
uh, we had played South Africa in Bloemfontein on the first Saturday of the tour and then the following Saturday we were playing South Africa in Cape Town and I was rooming with Jordan Murphy who was uh, going to start to full back on the Saturday and on the Friday night he felt a little bit sick, a little bit ill so the doc said to me, look, you're on standby. Um, we're going to keep an eye on Jordan, but he should be okay. And I said, yeah, that's fine. No problem. So obviously, as you would anyway, a low-key night and Friday night. And Saturday morning, Jordan was fine. Everything was good. And my dad um, had traveled out on the tour. Again, I wasn't expecting to go on the tour, but there was, I think, three or four guys from Ballinat Rugby Club, my home club, who had you know, decided maybe a year in advance to go on the tour. And my dad uh, jumped on with them at kind of a last minute and... Uh, so that Saturday morning, I met him. Uh, he was staying in the same hotel. I met him. We went for a wander on Cape Town. And uh, I suggested that we get something to eat. And he suggested, oh, I might go back and have a snooze. You know, big day, big night ahead of us. And I, he wanted to have a bit of a snooze. And I said, that's fine. I can go back and get some grub. So with the team, I did, they'll just be finishing up their lunch. And by the time I got back, uh, the doctor, Gary O'Driscoll, was on the steps looking for me and said, you better go find Eddie. So I went up to the team room and uh, there was Eddie and again a line that I'll never forget he said get your head out of your hole you're on the you're on the bench I was like okay nice one and that was literally it and uh, I had a quick bite to eat I went up I had my phone on charge in the room that's the place for it when you're uh, when you're being looked for for uh, by the doctor and, and Eddie before smartphones now Gavin sorry before smartphones the first mobile phones yeah like um, you know God forbid the battery would run out when you had it turned <laughs> on so they seem to always have it left on charge so um, I just I rang home. I you know rang my mum. I told her I was going to be on the bench and uh, to see if it was on TV. And then from there it was a bit of a whirlwind, really. Like it was uh, to the stadium, which was maybe 10, 15 minutes away. And Gervin Dempsey um, started at fifteen. I was on the bench, and um, I suppose there's a few things that stand out. Uh, one was I actually did a weight session that morning. Uh, thankfully, I didn't do any legs because <laughs> it was end of season, and I suppose on that Monday I was going to the beach, so it was a little bit more beach weight so I was focused on uh, but I didn't know leg weights thankfully so I still felt a bit fresh but a few things did stand out was uh, lining up for the anthems and like Newlands was a fabulous stadium like it's massive you feel like you're in a bit of a cauldron and uh, I remember kind of looking up and around and I saw saw my dad kind of way off in the corner and he put his hand up and uh, he had his Ballina Ruby Club jersey on him which was green and I just saw him in the distance and that was a very very special moment it was uh yeah, I still probably get a bit emotional even thinking about that because I knew how much support he'd given me, my, you know, my mum and my family. And uh, that was a very special moment to be able to spot him out from the crowd. Um, and then 10 minutes in, uh, Gervin Dempsey got an eye injury. So I was told, right, you're on. And I think Ireland had a line out or, or we're as close to the line out anyway. Shane Byrne just looked at me as he was kind of cleaning off the ball. He said, all right, this is what you waited for. And it was. It was um, it was what I had waited for. It was just... it was. Uh, everything in terms of my senses like I just felt ready I felt uh light on my feet I just felt so alive it was it was an incredible moment I think um I'm not too sure if everyone feels that way when you get your first cap and maybe it was because it happened so quick but I just felt wow this is this is everything I wanted this is a dream come true and I loved every minute of it and how did you play how did the game go uh oh I had a stormer (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as the years go past and and uh as uh, you look back, you kind of go, I'm just going to tell myself I had a storm or what's the point in uh, thinking otherwise. <laughs> but um, I, th- I think I did okay. Um, I don't think I've ever watched it, to be honest with you. I don't know if, I ever, if I've ever seen it. Um, 
and I don't know whether I haven't seen it because it's been years if I have seen it. I don't know whether I have seen it or whether it's the memories I have in my head. So I'm almost afraid to watch it at this stage. Um, but I think I made a couple of tackles that I was supposed to make. Um, I don't really recall getting my hands on the ball that often, but um, I just remember loving every minute of it and being so disappointed that the final whistle went. Not necessarily that we lost, but just because the, the experience was over. Um, but yeah, I just I, I enjoyed it immensely. Fiona, your first time you, you were given the Munster jersey, can you remember what it was or what the game was? Yeah, I think it was it was in 2008. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm from over the wall there in Toma Park. I live in a place called Woodview, so I was a Munster fan all my life, but I actually got capped with Connacht first for, for my first season, would you believe? Um, back in the day, it was kind of the way that if you were starting out rugby and you were maybe kind of um, trying to, you wanted to take that step up to the interprovincial, you would, you would if you were down in Munster at times, people drove up to, um, to Connacht and you train away with them because because um, it was just different back then, I suppose. Munster and Leinster were the two strong teams and and I used to go up and down and and I loved it. I loved it up in Connacht, but the dream was obviously being from, from Limerick, being from beside Home Park, the dream was to play with, um, with Munster. And I went over to Australia for a couple of years playing rugby. And when I came back, um, I that first season in 2008, I got called up to uh, the Munster squad and uh, made my cap or my first cap. I came off the bench against Ulster I think it was and would you believe I was playing seven not a lot of people right. would believe not that not a prop you know, not a prop um, it was before um, I started eating all those burgers and pizzas you know <laughs> and enjoying this, those beers so um, there's there's actually a picture and it, it floated around for a, uh, for a while of me back in the day being lifted in the line out um, in that I think it was it was actually in that game I think I was at the back of the line out and I think it was uh, Joy Neville and Laura Guest lifted me up and the coach was was astounded that they got me up that high but <laughs> but yeah um, we won that game and I would never forget and I never looked back from there I knew like Munster that's where I grew up with that rugby and it was just to be part of that squad and that year we won the Interpros as well um, I suppose with women's rugby we just we generally back then you played the three so you played Connacht um, Leinster and Ulster and then it went into a semi-final um, so one would play four and two and three and then there was a final so the most you'd ever have uh, every year would be um, those those uh, five games and they kind of cut that short as well at times where you just play three and it was around Robin so so Munster I, I, in the women's game it's just kind of internal but it was still very special for a lot of people to be able to get that jersey Listeners out there do you remember your rugby debut whatever the level 53106 you ought to get in touch with any stories you might have were you nervous Fiona? Ah no, no, definitely wasn't nervous. Um I was I was I was kind of excited. I knew I was I was young back then, so I had a bit of confidence about me. Um I knew kind of I'd played I was on UL Bows and I'd played with a lot of the players at that level for a couple of seasons and I'd I'd gone over to Australia. As I said, I played with Sydney Uni over there and I, I felt like I came back a much more confident player. I'd played front row over there actually and back row. But when I came back here after doing the heavy training over, um I felt in tip top shape and I was I was just itching to get on. And I think there was there was an injury um actually in the warm-up. So I actually started the first game. The, I think it was Paul O'Connor, our seven, was out. So I actually started uh, back row that game. So I was delighted with myself. Uh, Mike, uh, we can speak to you about a number of debuts, I suppose. The first one, was it Warren Gatland at Wasps who gave you your debut? <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, a bit of a journeyman, as you know. So a few clubs to cover off. So I should need about 20 minutes. But um, 
Yeah, Wasps. I was there 2000, 2003. Got my my debut as a, a cold, wet, dark night in Montferron. We were playing a pre-season game and it was an absolute baptism of fire. There was literally a scrap every couple of minutes. I was like a rabbit in the headlights. I was thinking, where the hell am I? What am I doing? I was trying to kind of stay out of it. Uh, Cockerell was playing for Montferron and um, he had a big dust up with Delalio. The back row was me, Delalio and Haskell. Haskell was only 17, just out of school um, or still at school, I think. Um, so yeah, that was a complete rabbit in the headlights thinking, what have I signed up for? But I suppose it, that's the start of, yeah, I suppose it helped me enjoy the enjoy the niggle for the rest of my career. Um, and then obviously I came to Connor for one year, 2004, I think it was. I can't remember what my debut game was, but I just remember it literally being one man and his dog watching the games. And, you know, obviously amazing to see now uh, the atmosphere that's generated at the sports ground and the crowd they get. So um, after that, I went to, where did I go after that? Leinster, um, was it? Oh, Newcastle. Newcastle, Newcastle. Falcons. Uh, Bath was my first game up in the league. Scored an absolutely world-class try. People <laughs> still, still speak about it to this day. <laughs> Your only um, one, was it, Mike? Your only try? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's probably, probably, probably the last time I scored, about 2005. Um, but yeah, wow, what an incredible try that was. Um, but I won't talk you through it. And what else? Leinster. Yeah, then, yeah sorry. Oh, yeah, Leinster. So Leinster was kind of a bit of a long time coming for me. So I'd nearly joined when Czech was there. Um, Gavra, remember, I nearly joined when Fionkar and Sean Cronin joined. Um, I'd actually met uh, Joe Schmidt, John O'Gibbs, guy I used to be in the hotel, told them I was joining, went back to Connor and the likes of Gav Duffy talked me into staying for another two years. He's, he's, very, he's a very good salesman. But uh, yeah, I love my time at Connor. But yeah, eventually got to Leinster and... Um, it was a long time coming to get the debut. I think it was Scarlet's away and we scored a world-class, like another world-class try, uh, the length of the field. I don't think I was involved in it, but I was involved in the celebration, ran in and I, was, I think I was just so excited and um, on a massive high. I don't know why it came into my head, but I just ran and jumped on Jimmy Gopp and started screaming, sausages, sausages. And like everyone, people were like, look at me thinking, what the hell is he on about? It was a bit, it was a bit awkward. Thought nothing of it. And then we had the review on the Monday, looking back at the game, didn't realise that the refs might picked up me screaming sausages. So John O'Gibbs called me sausages for the rest of my uh, time at Leinster. Um, so, yeah, why, why, Mike? Why did, did that just come into your head out of nowhere or what? Don't, don't go into that, John. Don't ask okay. why. <laughs> yeah. This is live radio. This is live radio. Okay. This could go anywhere. Yeah, I don't, could go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I need to be, I think, yes, I, I need to be looked into a bit. I think a lot of people <laughs> would say, but um, yeah, absolutely no idea why I shout sausages. Just, the first word that came out of the sheer excitement of getting my debut. So, um, yeah, did I miss any clubs? Ireland, maybe? Ireland? Oh, yeah, Ireland. Um, well, I was just chatting to Fiona beforehand and we're kind of, we've had a bit of a similar journey because for me, I, I felt the ship had sailed. Uh, I was 29, um, got my got my debut against Scotland away. Um, yeah, thought thought I was, wasn't going to get capped, but obviously just kept, uh, I suppose, grafting and got my opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget it because there's two games you know I didn't have that many caps but there's two games that really stick out for me um in terms of memories really rem- remembering the day that's that's you know the all blacks and facing the hacker but my my debut facing Scotland away when the bus pulls into Mur- Murrayfield and you get brought in by a procession of p- um people playing the bagpipes and uh yeah it just sends tingles down your spine like a, a surreal moment you go in very slowly to the ground and um, yeah, just a very proud day to sing the anthem, have have my mum and my my wife there. So uh, yeah, that was a special day. Don't remember too much of the other game, to be honest. Um, 
think I got quite a good hit on David Denton shooting out the line. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was my debut. Yeah. And how do the teammates around you, Mike? You know, are they welcoming? Are they are they got the words of advice? Are they aware? I suppose that you're making your debut. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've heard what they do now um, with Ireland, which I think is different to when Joe Schmidt was there. You know, you obviously have your meeting before you go away you, before you get in the bus to go to the match and you you know you sit around in the circle the chairs around the circle the coach comes and speaks the captain speaks and the new caps normally get um given their 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 first test jersey um but now i've heard in the irish setup obviously i think this is just pre-covid and since covid now the the kind of closest to the family you know mum and dad or the dad or the mum come into the night before and the jerseys presented the night before with the with the parents or whoever it is coming in which is a you know really nice touch i think um but yeah when i made my debut yeah guys know it's special and they try and um help you relax and calm you down because there's obviously a few more nerves and um really nice touch afterwards i can't remember i think this normally happens but you know so you can keep both your jerseys when you get your first test someone normally gives you their spare jersey so you can go in and swap your jersey so i swap with um alistair strokosh and um, again, similar to Fiona, I, I, my first cap was at six and my last cap, that was also my last cap at six as well because I never played in the back row for Ireland again, but I got a few more in the second row. And Fiona, your first Ireland game was against England. Yeah, I was blessed with the timing of that one. I think I joined the, the squad in the right year. So it was um, the Grand Slam year <laughs> in 2013. Um, I had actually, um, we'd gone to Wales as well the week before. Um, I think it was our first game and... I was kind of all prepared. I was psyched up to to get on. Um, but back in the day in women's rugby, and I suppose maybe in a lot of rugby, the, the old front row weren't taken off on that 55, 60 minute mark. And Fiona Coughlin was uh, my captain and she was in my position in Loosehead. So I was all worked up and I was ready to go and I didn't get on in that game. So I think I was a lot more actually re- relaxed for the England game. Um, there was about 16, 17 minutes uh, left and uh, Goose, the, the coach, gave the nod to the bench to come on and I remember I looked over I could see my mother was on up in Ashburn and I looked over at the crowd and I was like oh my god like it was just such a a surreal experience because I'd be kind of a joke or I'd be a messer and I'd be all chat and even do the warm-up I'd be well able to give the bouncer and I remember when he gave me the nod like I just kind of froze I was like oh god there's a lot of people here as well um but but I went on and I went on into a scrum and Sometimes as a front row, if you can get on, it's the same as anyone or, and you make like a big hit or I went on and I did, I had a really good solid scrum. And I, I think I was a scrummage against Rocky Clark at the time. And she would have been a well-known um, English prop. And even after the scrum, she was like, well done, mate. Very good scrum as we were walking away from it. So I was delighted with how that went. And okay. as, a, as a smaller prop, I was a bit nervous as well. So it, it, it kind of flowed on from there. You've got to take a break. Fiona Hayes, Mike McCarthy and Gavin Duffy will speak more about your rugby debuts after the news. The Saturday panel on Off The Ball. This is part two of the Saturday panel as we chat to Mike McCarthy, Fiona Hayes and Gavin Duffy on rugby. We've been speaking about in the first half the debuts of our guests on the panel for province and country. Always a special day for anyone making their debut. Uh, by the way, Leinster leading uh, Zebra by 28 points to 10. A try for Luke McGrath to start off the show for Leinster. Two for East Ruddock and one for Jason Jenkins, uh, his first start for Leinster today. Uh, Fiona, you were saying before uh, we took the break for news that you came into the Ireland team in the Grand Slam winning year against England off the bench and then you're part of this whole amazing journey when you end up going to Italy and winning in Rome 
Yeah, that's like, I'll never forget a year. I'll never forget that 2013. Um, it was, uh, when I came into the squad, you could kind of see the bond that was there. You know, you could see the the team ethos there. Like, it, it was funny after the match, there was a lot of girls crying and upset, like the likes of Lynn Cantwell or, or Fiona Coughlin and Joy Neville, because they'd been on teams that had lost like 110 nil to English, you know, to the English team and to to make, to stick with it and, you know, all the traveling on your own and and getting up there and, and you could see the passion, but it, even when I came into that squad pre-Christmas, when that when the first kind of when you're first called in in November, I could see that something special was building that year. I could see that they were getting they they had narrowly lost England in the Six Nations the previous year, and it was really building nicely, and everyone was really confident. So it was it was just amazing to get in there and obviously be part of that. And I'll never forget that. Uh, well, I'll never forget the after party in Italy. Anyway, that was absolutely mental. <laughs> Any advice you give any player out there, Fiona, who be making their debut regardless of their gender or their level in rugby uh, or any sport even about making their debut, about not letting it pass them by? Yeah, I suppose it's just it's it's enjoying the moment, living in the moment. I say that to my own girls when I'm when I'm coaching as well. It's you know, you, you can let the nerves get on top of you. You can think about the future. What if I do this? But if you just take it like you train, you train like you play, you get there. It's going to be the exact same in your debut. You should appreciate it. Take a couple of breaths when you're going on that pitch. But it's just like every other game that you play. Obviously, afterwards, you can reflect on it. But it's it's about being there, enjoying it and not getting too stressed. And I think and I've seen young Young, young girls come on with Ireland and especially with Munster and they've been stressed out in the dressing room beforehand but it's 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 kind of easy for me to say now that I'm older just relax and enjoy it but I think if you have a very calm kind of thing a persona about you getting out there then it just takes over the adrenaline will take over and you'll kick in and play your game It seems like Gavin from the, the way you described your South Africa debut it was a dream debut so maybe you lived it exactly the way you should have Yeah look John I do feel fortunate that um uh, I suppose it's it's, uh, it's a really really fond memory. Um, I do, as Matt has said, I think there, there's you know certain rituals um, and they change over time. I think I think when I played, I think we only got one jersey, um, and I remember Kevin Mags giving me his jersey to go and swap it with. Uh, I think it was Brent Russell who was I think he was wearing 22 or 23, 22 probably back in those days, uh, rather than 23, number 22 from uh, the South African side. Um, and what a nice touch that was. You know, because you do, you treasure every single jersey you get. So for Kevin Mags to be that generous to say, here, it's, I, I recognise it's your first cap and you want to hold on to your own jersey, but, you know, try and go and get a South African jersey for yourself as well, because um, it'd be nice to have both. Um, that was a really special uh, touch from him. And then on the other side of it then, you know, going into the dressing room and uh, I suppose walking on air myself, I said, you know, even though we, we'd lost the game and Anthony Foley, God rest him, saying to me, shaking my hand and saying, Jesus, kid, I'll have to have a look at that one cap wonder team, see if you even make that one now. And I'd never come across the phrase uh, one cap wonder until he, he mentioned it. And I had to think about it. I was like, going, I don't know if that's a compliment or what that is now, but uh, I, I don't want to be known as a one cap wonder. So you, you, you kind of, you're, you're determined then and you've had a taste of it. You want to get to cap number two and cap number three. And, and no matter how many caps you get, you always kind of want one more. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the first one is, is certainly very special. And you came on then in the Six Nations was the following year against Scotland and you got a try and another memorable moment for you. Yeah, it was. And again, um, I suppose a brief story about that was um, sitting on the bench with Donica Callahan, and the clock was kind of ticking down and we'd we'd done enough warm-ups during the day to show that we were ready and keen to come on. But uh, there was less than 10 minutes left and Donica looked at me up in the stand and uh, he says, come on, let's make this happen. And I was going, what? 
goes, come on, we're going to have to make this happen for ourselves. So we went down to touchdown, we started warming up and then Dunica stripped off and I said, are you on? And he goes, well, I'll have a better chance getting on if I'm stripped off. So I said, right. So I stripped off <laughs> and the two of us went up to Mervyn Murphy and I knew Mervyn from playing with him in Galwegians and in Connacht and he was uh, the uh, video analysis at, at, with Ireland at the time and he used to run the, the messages on and off as well uh, on the field. And he turned to us, he said, are you guys on? And Dunica goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mervyn, Mervyn must have raided up then to, to Eddie and said, uh, these guys, who are they coming on for? And I suppose Eddie at that stage must have thought, that's ah, fair enough that we're not going to lose the game at this stage. So uh, yeah, we got it. We got on. And, and uh, two minutes later, I think a ball broke in midfield. Um, Shane Horgan picked it up and gave it to me, you know, again, like Mac would say, 70 yards out uh, from my memory. But in reality, only probably 20, 20 yards out, and I managed to get in in the corner, and uh, it was just such a great buzz. It was, um, yeah, just another incredible moment. And I think it's 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 now when people kind of come up to me and say, oh, "I remember where where I was when you got that try for Ireland," and uh, you know, people that I don't necessarily would have thought were into rugby or um, were kind of following my career, but uh, it's it's uh, it's always a nice moment when people kind of reflect and say, oh, I remember you scoring that try in Scotland. And uh, yeah, it's just another another good moment. But I have done a Callahan to thank for that one. <laughs> Mike McCarthy, did you ever try that uh, strip off and hope you just get on because you did? Yeah, for my, yeah. I, I started my uh, my debut game against Scotland. So as I said, it was I started at six and never played again at six. So um, as I got older, fatter and slower. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't really got any more story to add to it to be honest yeah, with you unfortunately just, just interesting Mike because it seems like you've been thrown in the deep end in a lot of your debuts um, you know these people are legends the, the, some of the players around you you know they have a lot of caps it, it, it's important I suppose not to be overawed by the fact that you're right now playing with, with some players you'd be looking up to you have to get with it and realise that you're just as good as them in that moment yeah, I think you have to, but I, you know, I was in the kind of Irish setup, the squad going in for training camps, holding the pads uh, for for a fair few number of years. It, it, it is frustrating, um, but uh, yeah, you're kind of in awe of all the big names in camp, and um, yeah, it can take you a while to adjust and realise, you know, I suppose have the confidence to back yourself that you, you know, you really should be there. Um, but yeah, I certainly didn't ha- have that at the very start. But kind of, you know, what what you asked Fiona before about advice for you know people starting yeah. out. It's, I suppose it was the same for me starting out in camp. It's you know, just try and not overcomplicate things, and um, you know, trying trying to do the simple things well. Um, trying to have a good first involvement, whether it's in training, whether it's your first training session in Irish camp, whether it's your first cap and yeah just not overcomplicate it and you know I used to be very bad at well not very bad um but I used to be pretty bad in terms of if I made a mistake I'd get down about it I maybe think about it during the game or training and you know it took me a while you know I think I could have hoped I, I should have hopefully achieved more if I'd realized this earlier in my career but you know you just got to park it and it's that next job focus um you know, forget about the mistake. Make sure your next involvement's a positive one, and your next one after that's a positive one. Don't back up a mistake with a mistake. And you know, f- for me personally, I probably learned how to deal with that a little bit later than I probably should have. But it's um, you know, it's good advice, I think, because you know, you just can't dwell on mistakes. You know, you you want to have a good start, a good involvement in training or playing. But you know, if you don't park it, move on, and make sure the next involvement's a positive one. Yeah, advice, I think, to any rugby player uh, at any level. Mike, so, like, the United Rugby Championship back this weekend. At the moment, Leinster leading away to Zebra. Uh, they got the bonus point already. So, Jason Jenkins scoring uh, a try. Reese Ruddock with a couple. Luke McGrath with another. Um, 
how can they get over the line, Leinster? Because it's been a frustrating few years. The La Rochelle defeat was extremely painful. Then they lost to the Bulls. Maybe there's a bit of a hangover for that. But the Irish players who went to New Zealand, a lot of Leinster players like will be coming back full of beans. So yeah, how can they maybe solve the physicality issue? Because that's maybe it seems to be the narrative that they've maybe lacked a bit of bulk in, in really tight games over the last few years. Yeah, I suppose it's uh, what will drive them on this year is the hurt from last season. You know, that they've been that drive for five stars and the jersey's been... been um, been there for a few years now and it's 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 obviously frustrating Leinster but um yeah the disappointment of last season losing to uh, La Rochelle as you said but also the URC losing to the Bulls I, I don't think anyone expected that um so that you know they were derailed a bit last season um but you know they haven't made many signings as a pretty stable kind of squad they've got you mentioned that guy there Jason, uh, Jason Jenkins, Jenkins yeah. and Charlie Nagati have, have come in but you know Jason Jenkins with Dev Toner you know a big a big presence himself leaving you know this guy's come in to fill the void he had one season at Munster last season he was riddled with injury so really positive that he's kind of got through uh, pre-season injury free and he's starting and he's on the score sheet there so you know you look at him he's he's a big lump he's a big unit so he's really going to add some ballast to that front five in the scrum and the set piece and you know, hopefully, uh, be a real physical presence for them throughout the season, and let's hope let's hope he stays fit. But um, yeah, some 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 key guys back for Leinster and Dave Carney and Ronan Kelleher both back fit after you know injury layoffs and that contingent of uh, guys touring. The same for all squads won't be involved for the first few games. But um, interesting to see Kieran Frawley coming off the bench for Leinster. Uh, I think it's Rossburn starting today, but. Yeah. You know, obviously, he's been earmarked as um, someone to step up and take over from Johnny Sexton after his two performances uh, against the, the New Zealand Maoris um, on tour. So it'd be good to see him come on. Obviously, Ross and Harry Byrne will have something to say about that in the season. But, um, you know, it seems he's been earmarked to kind of step in and fill the void of, of Johnny, who keeps going uh, at the ripe old age of whatever he is now. Um, I think he's older than me. but um, 37, yeah. Yeah. Interesting to see how he goes, but uh, a nice—it's a nice kind of um, you technical, technically call it a warm-up game for Leinster. It's a nice, easiest one to walk to go into playing uh, Zebra away. Um, you know who lost? I think Zebra lost uh, you know, 17 games of 18 last year, and uh, they lost to Ealing Trailfinders during during pre-season. So, um, yeah, big start probably for Leinster. Is it mentality? Is it what is the missing piece though for Leinster? Because when you think of how dominant they've been in the URC and the way they blew Toulouse away in Dublin in that semi-final, what has been the missing piece in terms of winning that European Cup? Because it's going to be five years now by the time we get around to the final in Dublin next next uh, May. Yeah, I, I, I honestly wouldn't say there's a, a missing piece. Right. You know, you've got to realise how how close they were. You know, they they were minutes or seconds away from beating La Rochelle. Um, you know, and if you look back at that game, they probably you know, we're on top for for a large large part of it. So, you know, if finals things go, you know, can go go badly for you in a, in, a, in a certain moment, and you know they just had a bad moment that cost them. So, I, d- I certainly don't think they're missing much okay. uh, at all. Um, you know, and you can see that they haven't made many signings because they feel their squad is strong enough and experienced enough. Young young players always coming through at Leinster, and uh, you know I think they're in a great position to go. And fight on both fronts this season. A couple of Leinster guys have gone to Connacht. Um, Gavin, Peter Dooley and Josh Murphy. Uh, Andy Friend has gone upstairs. Peter Wilkins is on the paddock. What's the expectation around Connacht? They've got a tough start. They go to Ulster this evening then they've got to go to South Africa in the next few weeks. Yeah, you could argue it's a, it's a very tough start but within that there's a huge amount of opportunity for Connacht as well. Um, you know, you look at the team that's up to Ulster tonight. Um, 
what a way to start the season an individual derby up in up in Ravenhill against a, a, an Ulster side that's done nothing but improve under Dan McFarland over the last couple of years and I think that's uh, something that Connacht will relish tonight um, you know if you look at the squad a lot of them have won up there over the last couple of years so I'm not too sure it's something that they'll fear either I think they'll go there with a lot of, a lot of confidence and then you know they go to South Africa on Monday to play the two teams that were in the final last year and they're missing their spring box so it, it's a tough start but at the same time there might be no better better opportunity to go to South Africa now and play the two best teams in South Africa when they're missing their top players. So I think there's there's a huge amount of opportunity there for Connacht uh, in the opening games. And then back from, from South Africa and they have Munster at home uh, on the new surface, first home game. So they'll really look forward to that one as well. So you mentioned there the four Leinster guys coming down. I think they'll certainly add to the yeah. squad, um, the strength and depth. And I think that's hugely critical for Connacht is that they keep developing that strength and depth because ultimately I think it's the consistency across the season that Connacht need to improve on. And to do that, you have to have players that can swap in and out seamlessly. You need to have players that right at the top of their game and you need competition within the within the squad um, for every single game. Um, so uh, so I think they're in a really good place coming into the season. I, I, you know, you mentioned the four Leinster players. They've probably been the highlight in terms of, um, you know, the, the players in. But yes, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the two players who've joined from the Southern Hemisphere from um, Byron Ralston, who was with... Uh, uh, the Brumbies are, AC, are the fourth sink over the last couple of years and he's arguably coming with a higher profile than Mac Hansen came with 12 months ago and look look at Mac Hansen's uh, trajectory over the last 12 months and then Seamus Langton Hurley as well in the back row from what I understand and here he was very abrasive and impressive in his first outing against Castra over in France a couple of weeks ago so um, so those two guys I think are slightly under the radar and uh, I for one will be really looking forward to seeing how those guys go if they get a chance tonight Jack Carty not involved this evening Gavin but he'll be hoping to put his name in lights this season yeah he will I think um, you can't but be impressed by the way Jack continues to kind of conduct himself uh, he's had a few knockers and, and uh, he's had a few tough periods over the last couple of years um, so I, I expect him to again like he always does bounce right back and I think He's that player, I think, that uh, he finds form and is consistent with it. I think he'll steer Connacht um, to a new level this year. Um, what about Ulster? Because Jacob Stockdale has had a lot of injury problems, Gavin. Um, you know, obviously, he's a back yourself. He's in that, that type of back three position. Uh, like He's almost a forgotten man of Irish rugby, and we'd be hoping for his sake and that he'll get himself back into the picture for, for, for province and country. Yeah, like again, looking at their team when it was announced, and, and I was like, Jesus, Jacob Stockdale. Like, you, I, I forgot about him almost. And, and uh, you know, again, what a phenomenal trajectory his career took over the last couple of years. And he's just a guy that when he's on form, he looks like he's really enjoying himself. He, he um, he's a lovely, relaxed way of of playing the game. And you just hope he can he can find that again that he stays injury free because certainly in the back three you need to be confident in terms of your running ability to cover ground, to step, to accelerate. And uh, you'd hope that he's going to be back to his best because um, the year that's in it, John, as you mentioned, you know, the World Cup is 12 months away. From an Irish perspective, you want everybody fit and available and as many of them as fit and available for as long as possible throughout the year. And you just hope that's the case. And Robert Balakoon, the same kind of argument for him, I suppose. Lightning quick and a lot of talent. Yeah. Like again, uh, you know, you talk about debuts. He, he had a phenomenal debut for Ireland. scored a scored a brilliant try in the Aviva. I think it was against the States. Um, and you know, even if you just look at the, that game tonight between Ulster and Connacht and, and the four wingers, such pace and, and elusiveness, uh, ball in hand. All four wingers: John Porch, again another Australian, 
uh, who's been a really good signing by Connacht over the last couple of years. And uh, I think all four of them tonight, uh, for, for, for those positions alone, I think all four of them will have uh, a huge impact on the game. Fiona, what are the expectations around Graham Rantree at Munster this season, his first uh, season in charge in your view? Um, I think because he's been there, I suppose he's been involved in the squad, you'd be expecting more of the same kind of with the with the pack and how they're going to conduct their business. But I think there's going to be, you know, and there's with the changes, I think Prendergast coming in, we're going to see a different style of attack. They're, they have to find their identity in attack. Um, we saw it kind of changing in the last couple of years. You know, we we had the big kick in game and, and then it changed. We saw Larkham going to the outside a lot more. So I think it's trying to get these guys comfortable on the ball and I'm really excited where we can go with that and especially as well with Leamy in defence so I think Leamy spoke during the week about maybe being a little bit patient so they've obviously must have lost their their first two um uh, friendlies down in, in Musgrave Park but but I think there was a lot of changes and they got a lot of the young guys from the academy on and off the pitch um, so I'm excited I think we'll see a lot in, in this Cardiff um, game tonight you have that partnership of Farrell and Fekitawa which I'm really excited to see and a man called Paddy Patterson in at nine who's been doing really well in the last couple of years he's kind of gone under the radar as a nine he's had a few a few bad injuries but I think he's definitely someone he's after going past Neil Cronin and he's getting the start in this game so He's, he's lightning quick and speeding up that buzz. So I'm excited to see how they go. And with Roundtree, I think he's he's a calm person. They've spoke a lot about intensity in training and that seems to be the word that's coming out of the camp. So I, I would expect that with that intensity in training that they will want to be playing that high tempo game as well. Josh Witcherly is getting his chance today, Fiona, as well. We also have Jeremy Lockman in the picture. Is there the opportunity for these guys to add to the depth in the Irish you know, front row and, and, and those positions where we do need cover for the likes of Tyke Furlong and Andrew Porter. Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of talk, you know, I've heard a lot of people people talking about that Munster front row depth you know a lot of young guys coming through is it good enough should they sign the tight head um, you know John Ryan has moved on um, so we've Archer there but I think now is the perfect time I think Witcherly we know he's I think he's one he's a couple of kg smaller than Kilcoyne so um, and Kilcoyne by all means isn't a big loose head so I think he's been really focusing on his technique and you know we saw what he can do around the pitch in that two lose game he was excellent obviously the scrum didn't go to plan but I think the these guys get in there get this kind of gameplay at in this URC competition get comfortable in the front row get those partnerships up I think it's going to add to that depth for Ireland definitely going forward and I'm a big fan of Witchley I've seen him as a young guy playing and there's another guy Liam O'Connor who's been around who's had a few injuries there's some really good young props coming through it's trying to be patient with them get them that game time but we all know when you play big games you have to have a solid scrum as well so it's trying to get that balance but I think this will be the year that we will see these guys really take a step up is Fekitoa like for like with Dialende or is he a different type of player? Um, he's a different type of player. I've I've watched him. I'm a huge Highlanders fan, and he used to play with the Highlanders years ago. Um, I uh, um, and before he went to Wasps, and he was in in uh, France as well for a little bit. So I I've been watching him for quite a long time, and I'm a massive fan. He's obviously matured as a player. When he was younger, he was offloading left, right, and centre. He's I think he's definitely got stronger. And with Wasps, when he was fit, I think that's going to be the main thing for Munster is trying to keep him fit because he definitely can bring something 
changing dynamic in that centre. He is constantly getting his hands free. So the interesting thing I'll be looking at it with this Munster team is are they going to be using that? Are they going to be crashing him? But are we going to see runners coming off him? Because we've seen it in the past. We've had big guys in the centre that were making line breaks and literally would just go down and set up a ruck. We need to be making lines off this Fekitao because he'll find a space. And if we get people running off him, I, I think we'll see a different type of attack than Dialande, who was quite solid. Dialande's kicking game might have been a little bit better, but I think Fekitao in just the lines and his footwork is going to be immense this season if we can keep him fit. Mike, um, the addition of the South African team is when I, I saw it about a year or two ago, I was going, what is this? Um, but you'd have to argue maybe with the Stormers and the Bulls reaching the final last season and upsetting arguably Ulster and Leinster that they, it's a positive thing for the competition of the competition. Yeah, it's massive. It's added a huge amount. It's uh, it's made it a lot more competitive. And, you know, at the start of the URC, who would have thought that, you know, the final would have been two South African teams? Obviously, DHL Stormers uh, beating Ulster in that semi-final heartbreak for Ulster. I think they conceded that try on the 85th minute. Um, they, would have, they would have had a home final. So, obviously, Ulster carrying a lot of hurt into this season as well. Hopefully, be looking to do one better this season. But... Um, yeah, they've added a huge amount. And then, as you said, the Bulls beating Leinster. Uh, maybe maybe Leinster had a little bit of a hangover after the after the uh, loss to La Rochelle. But, you know, Leinster probably physically beaten up by the Bulls in that game. Massive, big physical packs when they're at full strength. We saw the start of the URC. They weren't at full strength and they just got stronger and stronger as the competition went on. And, you know, I suppose referring back to what you asked before about where the Leinster need to get yeah. better, probably if you look at that Bulls game, it was probably, you know, perhaps they dropped a little bit in their physicality and their defence. And that's something I was reading earlier, Luke McGrath had a, a alluded to. They went back and um, normally at the end of the season, you know, guys would go away off on holidays, but they, they brought the guys that weren't going on tour. They brought them all back in to kind of park the two losses, the La Rochelle and the Bulls game. They reviewed it. It was a very dark place for two days, as, as, you, as you'd expect. And they identified they need to kind of really tighten up on their defence. And, you know, you mentioned Dennis Leamy, Munster legend there, going back to Munster to do the defence and the, the breakdown. Um, and similar, Sean O'Brien coming back to Leinster. He's going to add a huge amount to the Leinster breakdown, the Leinster defence, the, the kind of the, the line speed, the aggressiveness, the aggressiveness in terms of winning the collisions. And, you know, I liken it a little bit to... You know, Ireland under Andy Farrell, you know, a few questions were being asked at the very start. You know, for me, Paul O'Connell came in and really tightened up the breakdown, brought, you know, a ferociousness, the directness, the, a real physical and nasty edge to the breakdown. And I think you saw a big change in that. That's just fully what I expect to see from Leinster. You know, these early stages, Sean O'Brien's imprint, apparently he's been blowing the pee out the whistle in training pretty much every, every session. So, um, and, the, and the same with Leamy going to Munster, two legends. And, you know, I don't know why it's coming to my head, but for Connor, I'd love to see Johnny O'Connor back out there on the field. I know he's strength and conditioning, but, uh, you know, Connor legend there. And, you know, he's the same vein as Leamy and Sean O'Brien. And I'm sure he could add a, a huge amount in terms of breakdown and, you know, the physicality and just how to be a gen general nuisance around the pitch. Five tries now for Leinster, Mike. Uh, Dave Carney with the fifth. So 33 points to 22 that leads Zebra in that uh, URC opener in Parma. Um, Declan Darcy, also from a GA background uh, for the Dubs, uh, very successful under Jim Gavin, won five All-Irelands in a row, was a Leitrim captain of the Connacht title in 1994, he joined the Leinster setup. Really interesting to see um, the work he's going to do with Leo Cullen over the next year or so. Um, and also, Mike, like for the, so many Leinster players went down to New Zealand and won that series, that amazing groundbreaking series for Ireland. Their tales will be up now and that, psychologically that might be a real boon for them you know 
Sorry, it cut, it cut out. It froze the last five seconds. You'll just have to just that the psychological um, benefits of that New Zealand tour for those Leinster players there that were touring with Ireland. Oh, oh yeah, of course. It's gonna, you know, they're gonna come back with, um, you know, a lot, a lot of confidence. You know, those younger players who featured in the, you know, for all the provinces who featured in those two uh, Maori All Blacks games. You know, one brilliant to get that experience, and um, you know, to go over there. Tours don't come any tougher than going to New Zealand, and um, you know everyone on that tour did incredibly well. You know, especially after losing that that, that first game to come back and win the next two tests, uh, absolutely incredible. So it'll only stand to the provinces, and then you know whether you like it or you don't like it, this emerging tour that's happening. You know, the likes of um, I think. Rod Balakuna, you're talking about earlier. I think he's going to be going on that, and Kieran Frawley. You know, that's they're just going to go away, and I think. What they'll be expecting from the likes of Kieran Frawley is Kieran Frawley is for him to lead in the way Johnny Sexton led on the All Blacks tour. They'll be looking for him to step up and lead not only on the pitch but off the pitch in the same vein as you know. I think they're trying to clone him to be the next Johnny Sexton, I suppose. So you know, those guys are going to go away, and again, they're going to come back, have a lot more confidence, and it, you know, it's going to ripple into the provinces for the, for the rest of the season. 53106 John in Limerick says lived in England for a number of years late 80s early 90s returned to Limerick going on 30 decided to go back and play rugby after 10 years first game back had the same feeling pulling up my socks as I did when I first played at 10 years of age great feeling as we spoke about debuts there earlier on Gavin Kieran Frawley what's your feeling on him in terms of the impact he can make in the game over the next while I think it's interesting that he's been brought with Ireland on the emerging tour um, and it's interesting to see if they do go right let's really have a look at him now at 10 and Give him the opportunity to play the, the, the three games down there. Maybe he might he might not play all three, but to, to give him the opportunity to really train at ten and play at ten, um, and then look, it all comes back to then does he get back in and play the big games then at Leinster? Because I think you need to be playing those big games. Um, Ireland are obviously tr- still trying to search and, and confirm who will be their their second, never mind their third place ten. Um, but I think Jack Carty will still have big role to play I, I I think you know I'm biased obviously but I think uh, he will get exposed to those big games those interprovincial games and that's where I think you know the likes of Jack um, can kind of reclaim his his position and I, I'd probably say behind Johnny I think Johnny will go right through now to the World Cup at this stage I think he's smart enough I think the management are smart enough in terms of how they get him there in one piece and firing and ready to go and be at, be at the top of his game because there can't be any sentimental uh, decision around, you know, Johnny's selection for the World Cup. He, he'll, I'd say he'll probably know himself if he's um, still at that level. But uh, I think those big inferential games around Christmas and Six Nations, uh, it'll be interesting to see who's the, the backup 10 because I think at that stage you'll have to have been their colours to the mast. A big year for Joey Carberry as well, Fiona. Yeah, huge year. Um, I think, you know, he's he's getting to that kind of stage now where he either is going to be the backup to Johnny going forward or, you know, Jack Carty's going to take over one of the burns. Obviously, I know Frawley, they're looking at him and they said they're going to look at him, but I think he's going to be a future project because I can't imagine him with both burns getting much Leinster game time and Johnny in the big games. Um, but it's it's a huge game for, from Joey, but like with Prendergast, he, he's one of the best coaches around to work 
work with him. You know, he's spoken about his style and how he likes to play. And it's, it's a little bit more structured than what he would have had in the past with Johan van Grand. So I think it will suit him. And, you know, a lot of the games last year, I think looking at Munster, a lot of people blame Carberry. You know, he was playing too flat. He was playing too deep at times or, or you know, he, he didn't have that shine that people had seen in the past. But you've got to look at what's going on around him as well. And I thought Munster as a whole in the back line probably weren't firing. So I think this season will be huge for him going forward. Um, obviously, he's going to concentrate on his form in Munster. And if that pays off, I think he will be a, a shoe in maybe, I'll argue with uh, Gavin there. I, I think he probably would take that second jersey if his form comes through. And just to finish, Fiona, uh, the women's team was a great win in the first test in Japan. Uh, kind of went the other way in the second test. Yeah. But the professional contracts are coming into play now. How are we set over the next few months now going into the Six Nations in your view? Um, yeah, I think it's going in the right direction. Obviously, we saw the advantage of professionalism, you know, even myself watching the game. I was like, this team are on fire. The young guns, they're, they're rocking it. And then a, a week later, they look like they had no lead left in their legs. They were all they were all wrecked and they're all tired. So I think it's it's going in the in the right direction. Um, I think the structure um, internally in Ireland is good. Myself and, and Gavin were chatting about it as well. It goes AIL, um, Interpros, and then they take that step up to that Interpros international level obviously the girls over in England are going to be playing the Prem um, it's, it's it's looking well I think the pressure is off as well it's not in a World Cup year so or it is a World Cup year that they're not involved in so they're, they're probably not going to have any November internationals so they have a lot of time now to, to prep for this up and coming Six Nations and that's where you catch teams as well that have been a, a, have a bit of a hangover after a World Cup so it could be a good year that we might be able to put it up to the likes of England and France and it, it's as I said it's going in the right direction and some of the girls um, playing are, are playing out of their skin. Sam Mann and there's some really strong characters starting to put their hand up and with a potential lines I was reading team going forward you could be getting three, four Irish girls on that as well with the way they're playing at the minute. Fiona Hayes, Gavin Duffy, Mike McCarthy, thanks so much for your time today speaking about your debuts in rugby and also the URC. Appreciate it and we'll chat again as the season progresses. Thanks John. See you guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Up. Thanks, happy folks. birthday for tomorrow, Fiona. Oh, oh Fiona, happy birthday. Didn't know. <laughs> Thanks, Don't Maka. say that, I'm too old. Bye, guys. See ya. Okay. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball.